0: From inside the barrel of Harry Callahan's 44 Magnum, it's the IGN digi Please welcome two men who will go ahead and make your day, Wade Major and Mark Kaiser. So I, I have already optioned the rights, the movie rights, to the disappearance of that Malaysian plane. Really? I've done it. They're cheap right now. Because no one knows what's going to happen.
1: Is uh, will so
0: far it's, it's bargain.
1: Will the film star Courtney Love?
0: I'm sorry that that joke went right past me. Would you? You
1: didn't to... hear that? No. So Courtney Love, the lead singer of Hole yeah, and the ex-wife of Kurt sure, Cobain, sure,
0: uh, uh, Oscar nominee Courtney Love. <laughs> uh,
1: yes. Th- three Six Mafia. Yeah. Uh, she claims that she knows what happened to the plane. Really? Yes. She does. Yes. She actually – there was a photograph that she took of like this big expanse of ocean and she hand drew the words plane with an arrow and oil slick with an arrow because she's figured it out.
0: Well, good for her. That's outstanding.
1: <laughs> uh, she's a genius.
0: That's a wonderful thing. It is. Wow. So um, Oswald Morris died.
1: Yes, the uh, famed cinematographer. You know,
0: it's and it's funny because my my good friend Jeff Briggs, um, he posted on his his Facebook page exactly the same conversation that I've had with so many people, which is when you subtract uh, Jeffrey Unsworth and John Alcott, who died prematurely because Kubrick drove them both crazy, uh, famous British DPs all live to be ridiculously old. Like like all of them, if you go straight through Oswald Morris and. Um, the, the, the red shoes guy. Uh, oh, Steve Jones. Yes, exactly. And uh, and Freddie Young. I mean, they're all they all live in their nineties. And uh, Doug Slocum is 101. Oh, the guy who shot Raiders of the Lost Ark. He's 101 years he's old. Still around. Still around. Jack Cardiff, by the way. Jack Cardiff, thank you. Uh, I mean, it's like they all live to be in their nineties. It's it, and there's like ten of them. You know, it's like this group of ten who were just huge cinematographers from the pretty much the forties through the sixties. Even into the 70s, Oswald Morris, Fiddler on the Roof, of course. And they just all, they just don't, they don't die. Do you
1: know it's what It's amazing.
0: Being a British DP is the secret to longevity. But don't work with Kubrick. But that's not a problem anymore because Kubrick's not available to work
1: with. Uh, what?
0: I know, right? FLU. Yeah.
1: So wait, uh, what would you yes. like to eat this week? Now, yeah, here's the. You oh, can uh, i have three. I just
0: had, we just had pizza. We just fed six people pizza at our I house. I have
1: three things. You can choose two. One you will have this week, and one you will have next week. Okay. Here's what I have. Yes. I have. That's sn- what I want. I have snickerdoodle cookies. Ooh. I have. Um, okay, the snickerdoodle cookies. Yes. Now I was bored. Okay. I had a couple hours to kill. Mm-hmm. And the good thing about having baking stuff on hand at sure. home is that yes. you can say, you know what? I got a couple hours to kill. Of course. I think I'll make a batch of cookies for no Why reason. Why not? So I took pretty much the worst cookie recipe book I have. Oh, of course you did. Which is a Martha Stewart cookie book, which uh-huh. is terrible. Yeah. And I found something simple. I changed the white sugar to Muscovado sugar, so it's a little bit uh, moister, right? Uh, It's kind Mm of a moister, uh, sweeter sugar. Sure. And I made Snickerdoodle cookies. Of course. You can have that. You can have um, from David Leibowitz's awesome Perfect Scoop Ice Cream Recipe Cookbook, you can have his chocolate sorbet. Right. Or you can have a a Swiss roll. Hold on just a moment. Just a moment. Just a moment. I just picked up a fault.
0: There we go. I just uh, had to. Uh, I just had to uh, fix the mic.
1: So snickerdoodle cookies. Yes. Chocolate sorbet. Right. Or a, a chocolate Swiss roll, with well, it has like a sponge cake with buttercream filling and chocolate on top.
0: I think I'm gonna go with the snickerdoodle cookie.
1: How many would you like? They're about uh, this big.
0: I don't know. Like two. Two. Okay. Whatever. Three.
1: <laughs> no, You're I know. I I, I I like them. I'm giving you okay. two. All right. Fine. And the next week you can have either the ice cream okay. or the the whatever. Swiss roll thing. Sure. You say that, then you're going to try it, you're going to love it, you'll Let's be like, it. oh, this is great. Let's rock it. Okay, so what are we talking about while I go get the cookies?
0: Well, while you go get the cookies, I'm going to uh, talk about, we have a giveaway this week.
1: Oh, jeez. Yeah.
0: We do. Be, you know what? I'll be right back. Okay. Yes, we do. In fact, uh, we, have a, we have a giveaway this week of the movie Angels in Stardust, starring Alicia Silverstone, A.J. McAulica, and Billy Burke, which uh, releases on March 25th. And uh, we are not going to be talking about it until it releases. But we have three copies for giveaway. And um, if Angels in Stardust starring Alicia Silverstone, AJ Mikalka, and Billy Burke interests you, then by all means go ahead and send us a, uh, a uh, an email to gods at digigods.com. It should be uh, time-stamped and date-stamped, no later than Saturday the 22nd. So we're going to extend this because we're a little bit late this week with the show. Uh, Saturday the 22nd. As long as it's to us by Saturday the 22nd, uh, send us an email. We'll randomly pick three people to win a DVD copy of Angels in Stardust, courtesy of the good people at uh, Katrina PR, who've been very kind to uh, make this available to us. And if you want to know a little bit more about it, uh, it's written and directed by William Robert Carey. And uh, uh, it's about a young teenager with big dreams living in a desolate, gritty little town. And the townspeople and her own mother, played by Alicia Silverstone, um, barely pay attention to her. But she finds solace from a mystical cowboy and a former enemy. Sounds like a pretty interesting movie. We haven't looked at it yet. But... uh We have a copy of it, and uh, we want to get copies to you guys. So three copies are available of that. Go ahead. Send us uh, 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 an email to godsatdigigods.com and put angels in the subject line. Angels in the subject line, godsatdigigods.com. If we get it by the uh, 22nd of March, then we will will draw three names randomly, and uh, you will hopefully be a winner. And now that I have relayed that, Mark is back with my snickerdoodles.
1: This is a you know, Snickerdoodle Cookies from a Martha Stewart cookbook.
0: We also Thank you. We also have uh, a, a, a Vox Box this week.
1: Hey, no, not yet. Aw. Not yet.
0: And uh, we've got some listener mail that we're going to do in the middle of the show. So Yay. hang think uh, I'm going to take a bite first.
1: Well, what are we talking about? Uh, we have a bunch of DVDs here on mm. Blu-rays.
0: We're going to start the show by talking about the best DVD that I've gotten all week.
1: Now, Wade, you're saying nothing about the cookies. Cookies, Good. Hang so, on, uh, I'm what? noticing, uh, is there anything you'd like to say about the cookies? No I mean, Good, not good, chewy No, it's really good Dry, terrible, too no, sweet They're,
0: they're moist, they're, they're, they're spongy
1: You would tell me if they're not good, you've told me Correct. before Correct,
0: no, they're moist, they're, they're spongy um, And it uh, makes me want to have some ice cream
1: I have chocolate sorbet nah, No, no Choc- Chocolate should be ice cream this should No, no, be no, the no. chocolate, chocolate sorbet. sorbet is so good It is so chocolatey Okay, mm-hmm. okay you know what? Because you've been a bad boy by making fun of, of my sorbet. I'm going to make you eat some of my sorbet, okay. and you're going to love it. Fine. I'm going
0: to go get some. Okay, look. Now talk about that crap. Best DVD I've gotten all week. What is it, Mark? I don't care,
1: because now I've got to go get you some okay, sorbet. fine. Which means next week, you've got to eat the Swiss roll.
0: Best DVD I've gotten all week is uh, My Birthday Party, Peppa Pig. This is, um, to my knowledge... And I've looked into this, and I, I'm, you know, I, I'm rather new to the world of Peppa Pig, obviously, because I have a, a, a one-year-old daughter. But um, she loves Peppa Pig. Peppa Pig is the most popular thing in our house. If you haven't seen it, it is a British animated show. It airs on Nick Jr. And uh, it started in 2004, ran through, like, 2010 or 2011, six or seven seasons. There are over 100 episodes, 120, 130-some-odd episodes. They're very short-level episodes. They call them peppasodes. Very short. They're, like... You know, six, seven, eight, nine, ten minutes apiece. And um, it's really, really sweet. Peppa, of course, is a little pig. She has a little brother, George, who has a dinosaur. Er, Dinosaur, Mr. Dinosaur. And then there's Mommy Pig and Daddy Pig. And all of her friends like Susie Sheep and, uh, you know, Danny Dog. And they are just really, really fun stories. They're great for little kids. But the best thing I love about this is First of all, they're mellow. This is why my daughter gets to watch them, because nobody screams at anybody else in these things. They're, everyone is very well-behaved. They're all very proper and very English, and they're all very well-mannered. And um, great little lessons, but it's written in that same vein that you got with, uh, with uh, Rockin' Bullwinkle and, uh, and all the Jay Ward stuff, where adults find a completely different level. Incredibly funny and entertaining. We laugh, we laugh, we laugh all the time. Mark will never understand some of the references, uh, but I'll tell you, Mark. Even though he doesn't know it, he also loves jumping up and down in muddy puddles. Yes, he does. So, uh, with that, Peppa Pig: My Birthday Party. This is uh, 14 episodes, about 80 minutes worth, and there's just great stuff. It's really, really fun. And uh, even though it's a DVD, looking at watching it at it, uh, watching, watching at it, looking at it. On a uh, an upconverting uh, Blu-ray player, looks fantastic, man. This is, said, okay, this is yeah, a really, okay. really good. This show really is an
1: hour long, and you yeah. have now spent five minutes okay. talking about the stupid well, Buffy People been, show because you've been getting me. Just, oh, okay, I dare you. All right, I dare you. It's not like that sorbet.
0: All right, I'll do that. Go ahead.
1: <laughs> I'll do that. I will. I will. Yeah. You the, so. The the dare has been accepted. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why Kill Your Darlings was such a thing. It, maybe because it starred well, um, it was damn good. Thank you.
0: Yeah.
1: Mm. Wow. See, okay. thank you very much. I don't know why Kill Your Darlings was such like a, a hit—not a hit, but it got a lot of attention. Probably because it was one of Daniel Radcliffe's first post Harry Potter movies. Well,
0: that other dude—he's—he's he's, playing—he's playing James Dean now. I know. That makes no sense to me at all. I like him as an actor. What's his name?
1: The the Steve.
0: Yeah. No. The, the you know what what's his name? Who? The the other guy in the thing. Who D- plays Dane DeHaan. Him. Yeah, that guy.
1: He's yeah. in Spider Man.
0: Yeah, I know. He plays, uh, what's it in Spider-Man, right? The other dude. He plays the James Franco part, right?
1: Goblin, right? uh, Green Goblin.
0: Yeah, who also played James Dean. Like, everyone who plays Green Goblin or Green Goblin's son, they have to be somebody who plays James Dean. Except I don't get it.
1: Except James Dean.
0: Yeah, James Dean never played Green Goblin.
1: Anyway, that's true. Anyway, uh, Kill Your Darlings, uh, Radcliffe plays uh, Allen Ginsberg. And uh, Ben Foster, who I love, plays uh, William Burroughs. And uh, you know, it's not that this is a bad film. I just think that the film doesn't really live up to the potential considering the biographical, real life people who are being profiled in it. Although I will say this, I would consider this better than On the Road, which mm-hmm. is another similar kind of film. Mm-hmm. Would you not? Mm-hmm. I believe. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. you know what? There's been a bunch of films made about the beat writers, but somehow I feel like the spirit of the beat writers is yet to be captured in these new films. Maybe because they all seem very—they all seem a little bit safe, you know. Films like this should be made for like a dollar ninety-eight, on real locations, stealing shots.
0: So you don't think you don't think a topless Kristen Stewart captures the spirit of the beat writers? I do not. Okay.
1: Anyway, so *Kill Your, uh, Kill Your Darlings* got a good cast. Uh, it's also got um, Michael C. Hall, Jennifer Jason Lee, Elizabeth Olsen. But still, ultimately, it's not – it doesn't really live up to uh, billing. So that is Kill Your Darlings. Now, what else we have, Wade?
0: We have a big – You
1: devoured – I'm not
0: done yet. Put that back. Don't touch my sorbet. Big Flaming Fail, Mandela, Long Walk to – I'm sorry. Wow. Um, You know what? There were two Mandela movies last year. Winnie Mandela, which has been sitting on the shelf for a couple of years – with uh, Jennifer Hudson as Winnie Mandela,
1: and yeah, and you know that Jennifer Hudson thought it's another Oscar for me. Yeah, not, I'm no, playing an not icon. Not a chance.
0: Not a chance. Uh, and that thing was a big turd. And then um, the Weinstein Company released this gigantic, just sprawling, epic uh, monstrosity with a U2 song, of course, which got you know an Oscar nomination. And oh my gosh, screenplay by William Nicholson. We we got it nailed, man. Uh, yeah, this is great. Justin Chadwick directed it. It's going to be another Gandhi. It's going to be great. We're, you know, giving uh, Idris Elba a chance to finally get an Oscar nomination. Miscast. Man. Look, all Idris Elba did, first of all, he looks nothing like Mandela. Mandela does not look like a GQ model. Idris no. Elba is a big screaming hunk yeah, he, of a man. He,
1: that guy has amazing presence. That guy is it, like...
0: Idris Elba... He just it,
1: destroys the screen when he's he, on.
0: He is fantastic. I mean, when you look but at he's something miscast. like... Like Pacific Rim, he kills it, right? He kills it in Pacific Rim. I mean, he is, he is just a presence like no other. He's a force of nature. That being said, he's a he's a big hunky GQ model of a man, you know, he is. You look at Idris Elba and he's just that he's he's the dude. He's just got the face, the body, the height, the whole thing. You've seen pictures of Nelson Mandela as a younger man. Okay, Nelson Mandela is not a big screaming like GQ model of a hunk of a man. He is not. He and he certainly wasn't when he was younger. I mean, the, 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 that that was just dreadful miscasting. And um Anyway, uh, he gosh, he's just so terribly miscast in this movie. It's really, really sad. Um, he, you no, know, Naomi Harris is okay, but wow, well, all he does is just he, he talks like this. He talks straight. He puts on the Nelson Mandela talk. That's the only thing he does. It's terrible. This movie is so turgid. It is just utterly, utterly unwatchable. Uh, so it's really too bad because it, it, you know, there's a. It's based. It's based on uh, you know the Long Walk to Freedom. Uh, by Nelson Mandela and uh, it should have been a better movie but my golly it just wasn't and that's uh too bad so anyway it's on blu-ray bunch of special features uh it's all epk type stuff behind the scenes and um a commentary with the director which is you know no big deal uh but wow got to tell you it just it's really unfortunate ultraviolet on this blu-ray as well
1: uh, wait frozen is finally out on um Blu-ray, and I'm going to say something controversial, which sold, is that uh, –
0: already sold something like 3.2 million copies in one day. You know that is astronomical.
1: I I, I have to say that I, I I was not as big a fan of this as everybody else was. I know, I know. I was. I you know, and by the way, we Wade and I were surprised how much we like Tangled, which I think is a better film than this. Uh-huh. Um, it's pretty pretty much used to the Disney formula. There's It's empowering for girls, and I get all that, and that's totally fine. Um, but I just kind of feel like the characters weren't that interesting. The visuals are very striking. I like that. I just think that the characters are not that memorable or engaging. Um, now I'm done. <laughs> Finished. I'm not offering you more because you, you, you made fun of it before. Your uh, where, where's the cookie?
0: Your microphone's wobbling for really? some reason, yeah.
1: We need we need a waiter to come here. and like, Straighten it out. Yeah. Like they straighten out okay. tables using coasters. Yeah. Where's your cookie? Is that yeah. gone too?
0: It's all gone. It's all gone. Done. So so you, you
1: so you like them both.
0: Finished. Okay. Good.
1: Anyway, uh, it does have that uh, "Let It Go" song, which has become a phenomenon. Just yeah. as John Travolta and um, blah 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 blah. I'd say I I lent my now ex girlfriend the screener for this, and she uh, played it probably twenty times. Yep. Anyway, I, I, uh,
0: I know kids that have seen that movie so many times it, it makes. This it is the
1: this is the most this is the highest-grossing Disney film in the history of Disney. This is it, bigger than anything.
0: Bigger than the Lion King. Bigger. Wow, you well, realize you that? How about that?
1: This the this is this is. Look, oh. the songs
0: are great. I love the songs. The animation's fun. Um... But it's just not. Uh, it, it's 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 no I, great shakes. I
1: just kind of feel like it's no it's great okay. shakes. No,
0: I I agree with you. I agree with you. I mean, a lot of wonderful extras on here. It's a fantastic looking Blu-ray, as you would expect. you know, it's just the the CGI animation. It just, it just blows out your television screen, and you, it's, it's mind-boggling how good it looks. It really is. It's, you just go. That's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. It doesn't matter if the movie's not that great. Uh, deleted scenes, and you know, they just go to to the end of the earth with music video stuff. It just it's the it's, highest what, grossing. Yeah. Disney
1: film, but animated film of all time.
0: Digital copy on this thing too, by the way, which is you know the Disney proprietary digital copy, which is like, neener, Nina, we're not ultraviolet," and that doesn't help. Anyway, I, I love I love the the uh, the sticker that comes on the on the uh, on the cover. It's it's hysterical, the way that they push their their digital copy format. There's a little sticker here. It says, "Endless ways to watch with digital copy: oh. smartphone, tablet, TV, computer." That's endless. That's how I define endless. It's like, wow. Four things. Four things. Uh, plus, deleted scenes and tons of extras you didn't see in theaters. Do you ever see extras in theaters? Who comes. I, I, who, I, do I mean, not. seriously, someone actually has to come up with and then approve these little, these little uh, stickers that plug all this crap. It's this the dumb. dumbest thing I've ever seen. Anyway, moving on. Mark, you didn't like this.
1: What? It's what the was big, it? it was
0: a big Oscar nominated movie that did not win anything this uh. year. Ah. And uh, I know you and others, like 10 nominations, and brr, it went uh, nil for 10. American wow. Hustle. But I got to tell you, no director in history has directed uh, his cast in two consecutive movies in two consecutive years to, uh, to run the table in, uh, you know why? in those categories. You
1: know why? I'll tell you why. Why? Because one of my problems with David O. Russell yeah. is that he is... Very indulgent yes. with his actors, he yes. will let them do anything they want. <laughs> they can chew up the screen, they can wear the clothes and the wig and go cray- Woo, Look at me! And he just doesn't care. And it's the true. actors' branch is the largest branch, yes. and they love the fact that he lets he lets all these people. Do not
0: love those costumes. Come on, give it up for the hair and costumes. You
1: know, you know what it is. Here's the thing: is it's that I, I thought that American Hustle was a lot of really fun individual moments that yes. never cohesed into a film.
0: See, I thoroughly enjoy this movie. I think it certainly it tries to cop the uh, Scorsese style that he did, you know, in Goodfellas and Casino, and obviously to some degree in Wolf of Wall Street, which is why I think they both got nominated. Uh, but I, you know, what I still thoroughly enjoyed it. It it uh, it's tongue in cheek. It starts with that very '70s uh, version of the Annapurna uh, film logo. Uh, I know it's, uh, it's, it's just, great
1: use of the old Steely Dan song. Um, uh, yes, uh, uh, not going to be your fool, yes, no more, yes. whatever. It's Great yeah. song that I can't remember the last time that was used in a movie.
0: I just th- I just thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah. I really I thought it was a lot of fun. It was it was just funny. You went along for the ride. I went along for the ride, and it was wild and crazy and silly. And I remember Abscam, and it has nothing to do with Abscam, you know. But whatever. New York film critics uh, gave it Best Picture, and uh, I think that's a little extreme. But that said, I really enjoyed it. It is uh, this gets the Blu-ray, DVD, and Ultraviolet treatment, and uh, it looks fantastic in all three. I watched it in Ultraviolet again, and uh, it's just it's it's really good. Ultraviolet, fantastic Blu-ray, but it has very few extras, uh, just a making-of featurette, and then deleted and extended scenes, which means Mark, what happened? We're, we're, you're going to have to double dip. There's going to be a special uh, edition of this you,
1: thing. Do you really think so? Okay. It got shut out, oh, man. It, I mean, it got no, embarrassing. How dude, you ta- how it made a crap you, load of money. How could you take your film? <laughs> Actually, you know what they should do on the cover? They, 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 they should tell you the amount of Oscars it won. <laughs> zero Oscars.
0: oh, oh for 10. Uh, you know, another movie that got a little bit of Oscar attention, minor Oscar attention, was The Book Thief because it had a, a score by John Williams who gets nominated if he, just, if he, if he, if he belches on the soundtrack. Uh, you know, I, that would be a great test. You make a movie, uh, a silent movie with the lens cap on starring Meryl Streep uh, and uh, with a score by John Williams.
1: And they'll both be nominated.
0: And they'll both be nominated. Just it's just black leader. And you give them both credits and they'll get nominated. Uh, anyway, The uh, the Book Thief is based on a book. Not about, you know, not a stolen book or anything. Uh, and uh, it, is, it is one of the soapier world war ii stories of recent years but it means to be and um it, you know it's very old-fashioned and it's uh, you know the the girl who stars in it is lovely uh sophie Nelis is just she's wonderful i mean huge career ahead of her jeffrey rush and emily watson are wonderful as always it's just a little bit kind of old school i think for most people and uh that's too bad the the guy who directed it brian percival is one is an amazing director, and I wish it had done a little bit better because percival is has just killed it with a number of the best episodes of downton abbey i mean he's he's like the next big british t v director to uh to you know make the jump to features and uh it's really well directed it's a it's a good film it's just very old school and i wish it had uh, you know if this would had been released in like nineteen sixty nine it would have been you know or nineteen sixty seven it would have been a big film but anyway, uh, that said, it's very sweet. has some wonderful special features on it, including a documentary on the on the film and a bunch of featurettes and deleted scenes, and uh, a, of course a great score by uh, John Williams. Really, really good score. So, um, give it a look. Give it a look. If you like old fashioned World War II melodrama, you'll you'll really vibe to this. Uh, but this Sophie Nalisse is fantastic. She's just wonderful. Yes. Oh. Oh. You know, hi, Wade. Yes. Hi. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll go with this. <laughs> I'll go with this. Uh, out of the Furnace, speaking of Christian Bale and American Hustle, Christian Bale, uh, like Matthew McConaughey, had another role this last year. And Matthew McConaughey, of course, it was uh, it was the freaking mud, which is good. And then uh, with Christian Bale, it's Out of the Furnace. And I got to tell you, Out of the Furnace, uh, I, I, I was deeply disappointed. It's not that it's a bad film, it's just... It
1: what? is one of those movies where it's like, it's not a bad film, there's nothing wrong with it, but why am I not liking this? Yeah,
0: well, it's not that I wasn't liking it. And, and by the way, this is Scott Cooper's follow-up to um, the uh, the Jeff Bridges Oscar-winning performance in... Um, Crazy Heart. In Crazy Heart. And Scott Cooper, you know, had to sort of show that he can do something without, you know, that he can do something else. And it's kind of in some sense more the same. It's it's another, you know, gritty, grungy, like blue-collar drama. It's
1: very like steel towny thing.
0: Yeah, but but the whole the whole idea here is uh you got two brothers. Christian Bale is is the older brother and Casey Affleck's the younger brother and uh you know, what while Christian Bale is well he he's always taken the lumps for his brother and anyway, Casey Affleck gets into these underground he's good. Casey Affleck's very good. He gets into these underground boxing matches, and uh, which leads him into kind of a very dangerous place when he gets involved with. Uh, well, the, long story short, the the other guy, the the bad guy in this thing is is uh, Woody Harrelson, and Woody Harrelson plays this member of these like this inbred mountain clan that lives somewhere in the uh, the Appalachian part of upstate New York and they never come down from the mountains unless they're you know going to kind of shake somebody down for the money that's owed them for co-sponsoring these these underground boxing matches anyway uh Christian Bale has to uh, save his brother bottom line that's the and I won't give anything away but it leads him into the belly of that whole weird Appalachian uh, you know crank manufacturing thing and it and i and i was watching this and i'm thinking i've seen the deer hunter deal with the blue collar part of this better and i've seen winter's bone deal with the whole you know like mountain people meth head end of this better I'm not sure what this really tells me. I just don't know why I was invited into this world and what the point is.
1: If you cared about the characters, you'd care. I guess, guess, but
0: but it just just felt like, like Scott Cooper wanted to do something that was super serious and dramatic and this somehow fit the bill, but it's also kind of pointless. And Woody Harrelson, you know, talking like he's got a mouthful of cotton and shooting drugs into his toes doesn't really do anything for me, so...
1: All right, wait. Uh, we also have Reasonable Doubt. This is with Dominic Cooper and Samuel Jackson. This mm-hmm. is a uh, predictable and contrived and uh, pretty horrible little thriller. Uh, Dominic Cooper plays a district attorney who um, who flees a hit and run accident. Oh yes. And Samuel Jackson is arrested for it. And, of course, Dominic Cooper, because he's a district attorney, gets Jackson off. Now, that's, he, excuse I, I me, mean, he gets Jackson off oh. in a legal sense. Oh, jeez. Not in some sort of crazy, wild <laughs> wow. sexual sense. Okay. Uh, and the uh, the predictable potboiler mayhem ensues. Mm. Uh, uh, this is not very good. This was um, directed by a guy <laughs> who actually was using a pseudonym. This was directed by Peter Howitt, and Peter Howitt had directed uh, Sliding Doors, mm-hmm. the Gwyneth Paltrow, Poly- which is a which pretty is good a Gwyneth g- po- g- yeah, g- good movie. Good. Fi- yeah. So this uh, movie did not turn out too well. So he is going by the name of Peter P. Cruden's. Okay. <laughs> I don't know how he came up with All Peter right. P. Crudence, but that's what Peter Howard is going by because he disliked Reasonable Doubt as much as I did. All right. Uh, James, E. boy is another uh, predictable film. This is one of those movies about um, you know, g- g- preteen, juvenile delinquent gang life. And you've got this, uh, this kid who comes from a broken family. He's got horrible friends. And he's already got a tracking device on his ankle because he's guy's got a rap sheet a mile long. Yeah. And it's uh, just one of those movies. He winds up being scared straight thanks to this uh, person that he meets uh, played by uh, Ving Rhames. You know, it's nice to see Ving Rhames do something. It's nice to see James Woods. Always nice to see James Woods. Mm-hmm. it has got a good cast. Mary Louise Parker is in it also. Uh, the kid who plays the troubled kid, Spencer LoFranco, is... Yeah. Not bad. But uh, still, this is just a little too familiar for me. A little too predictable. Jamesy boy didn't quite buy it.
0: Uh, a couple of, a couple of uh, interesting films here uh, that got very little attention but should have gotten more attention this last year. One from Strand called I Used to Be Darker uh, stars Dara Campbell as a, uh, an Irish runaway who uh, heads to Maryland. Well, she's in Maryland already, but she's, uh, she's in, in uh, having some trouble in Maryland and she uh, heads over to her aunt and uncle. Who are having all kinds of family issues with their own daughter and they're trying to, you know, they, they want to get a divorce and all this kind of stuff. And it, it's this interesting little family drama, you know, extended family and nuclear family. And there's nothing particularly new here, but it's really, really well acted. And uh, Matt Porterfield, who directed it, uh, one of the kind of sort of an indie darling, uh, and uh, does a good job. You know, it's a small film. It's a slight film in many respects, but it's very nicely put together, very nicely crafted, really well acted, uh, very honest uh, screenplay, and definitely worth taking a look at. Um, the it, got, it has some deleted scenes and some uh, music videos, an interview with Porterfield, and uh, it's on DVD. Should be on Blu-ray as well. It's very nicely shot. Unfortunately, isn't. And then, Reaching for the Moon, uh, highly recommended. This is from Wolf, who typically uh, handles a lot of gay-themed material. Uh, which oftentimes gets marginalized. In this case, even though it is it is gay themed, uh, the film it, it this is a total crossover film that uh, everyone should take a look at. Really got overlooked last year, and I think it's too bad. Um, this is the uh, the story of Pulitzer Prize winning poet Elizabeth Bishop, played by Miranda Otto here, uh, and uh, when she uh, went to Rio de Janeiro and uh, had a love affair with the uh, with a uh, Brazilian architect named uh, Lota de Macedo Suarez, played by uh, Gloria Perez. This is directed by Brazilian director Bruno Barreto, who has had a, a great career you know, in Brazil and in the U.S. He directed Four Days in September, which is uh, – I, I think that won the Oscar, didn't it? Four Days in September? It was nominated.
1: I don't know It was know a foreign that...
0: language nominee. I know mm. may, may not have won. Anyway, it's a great film. With Alan Arkin is the American uh, – based on that kidnapping of the sure. American ambassador. Fantastic movie that is. Really good. Anyway, Bruno Barreto uh, has done a bunch of other stuff. Uh, you know, He's done a couple of dumb comedies as well for, for studios just to kind of pay his dues. But he's a great director, so sensitive with actors. This all takes place in the 1950s. Really, really good film. Definitely highly recommend it. So check out Reaching for the Moon, the uh, the story of Elizabeth Bishop and Loaded Macedo Suarez. Good
1: stuff. Uh, Wade, uh, Not Good Stuff is a film called Concussion. This has an interesting... Premise. It's one of those I, premises. I to say this.
0: You know what? It's one. I of thought those this, pre- this look kind of cool.
1: Well, it's one of those premises that is so ridiculous that it it had better be making a damn interesting point, or have a damn exciting theme, or be or must be or must explore something so thoroughly, specifically, and interestingly that I can sit through all the coincidences in the film. Yeah. But ultimately, it does not. Uh, Robert Weingert. weigert uh, plays a suburban uh, wife and mother. She's married to – she's a lesbian. She's married to her partner, Kate. Right. And Abby's hit on the head in a playground accident, by, by hit on the head with a baseball bat. And she, like, kind of, like, loses her memory and her identity. And so she decides to become a high-priced escort.
0: She loses her mem identity. Yes. And becomes a hooker. Yes. Fascinating.
1: So she's basically a lesbian soccer mom who gets hit on the head, forgets who she is, and decides to become a prostitute.
0: Sounds like a win. I'd green light that <laughs> in a heartbeat. I would. Well, <laughs> Seriously, why not? Yes. Okay, I'm, I'm down with it.
1: I, it it's just, it's just, it's it's again. If you're going to use a conceit like that, mm-hmm. you'd better be. You'd better have a point to make. Uh, it's just a yeah. little crazy. Wow. But in the end, it really doesn't.
0: So the good people at Cohen Media, who uh, by the way are, have some fantastic films coming out. Andy Klein and I have done uh, three audio commentaries now for some forthcoming Cohen films. Good stuff, yeah. really good commentaries, fun stuff. I uh, had a lot of fun doing them. Uh, anyway, they they have just released Swerve, starring uh, David Lyons, Emma Booth, and Jason Clark. Uh, Jason Clark is such an interesting actor. I mean, never really paid a lot of attention to him prior to uh, Zero Dark Thirty, but man, did that movie impress the hell out of me. Uh, this, is a, this is a cool little uh, little thriller that uh, really deserves to get a lot more attention. Uh, this was made in 2012 and uh, kind of been sitting under the radar since then. It's called Swerve. And um, it's one of those things I, I'm, I, I'm reluctant to always call something Hitchcockian. Like there's a movie out right now with uh, Elijah Wood called Grand Piano. Right. Which is very Hitchcockian, like it's so Hitchcock. I, I,
1: I passed. You saw it. I did. Is it good?
0: It, it is good. I mean, it 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 kind of it it kind of blows it at the end a little bit, as they always do. Like you know, they they sort of dig, they paint themselves into a corner, and then to extricate yourself, it's like, oh, all right, so we're gonna have you know, they'll uh, well, have people chasing each other on rafters and on the roof. It 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 always kind of comes down to that. Like the Fugitive did the same thing. It's like, really, the Fugitive is cool movie, and it all comes down to a rooftop chase? Are you kidding me? Really? Can't you do something better than that? It always does that. But anyway, no, it's really good. It's basically like Phone Booth, but it's better than Phone Booth.
1: The phone Booth, you know what? I really wanted to like Phone Booth, but in the end it just... and You know,
0: Phone Booth was originally conceived for Hitchcock. You know that, right? Yes, that's right. Larry Cohen was working on it as a Hitchcock vehicle for Hitchcock, and then Hitchcock died. And, you know, years later, it becomes a Joel Schumacher vehicle because if that, they wait another year, cell phones will have replaced phone booths and there won't be any more. So it was like their last moment.
1: But that's another film where a phone booth should have been done for $1. ninety-eight yeah. on a, some street corner yeah. and give it that true. grit. And uh, nobody is less gritty than Joel Schumacher.
0: That Well, that's true. But I, I still love Joel
1: Schumacher. I do love falling down.
0: Anyway, uh, no, this is about a guy. David Lyons plays a guy who um, is heading to a job interview across the country. And... Uh, enters into a – he gets into the middle of a situation uh, and, the, and like as with the, you know, most Danny Boyle movies, there's a, there's a bag of money involved and a very dangerous guy played by Jason Clarke who just comes off as being really dangerous and uh, it's, it's, uh, it's interesting. I mean the whole thing takes place in Australia and uh, that doesn't really matter much but it's – I'll tell you, it's a, it's a cool little movie. It's a really cool little movie. Moves like Gangbusters. It's out on Blu-ray from Con Media. Swerve. Great title. And then also, Mark, I know you're excited about this. The Little Rascals Save the Day. Right?
1: Aww, rascals. Right? Fla.
0: It is. Look, the sticker on it says, all new movie. That's so that we don't get it confused with the old Little Rascals, you see? Because you look at it and you go, wait, is there, are there still Little Rascals? I don't know. Are there? Apparently, they're all new Little Rascals and not as in the Penelope Spheris kind. These are even newer than the Penelope Spheris Rascals.
1: Give me a Blu-ray. Any any Blu-ray you have. Just give it to me.
0: Yeah. Here, Swerve. Huh. What?
1: This one looked like shorter and squatter than the other
0: that you? That's, that's because it has the Little Rascals. They're shorter and squatter. Aw. Yeah. It's an optical illusion. Look at the pig. Look it's at the pig. Look, look, look at the pig.
1: It's a little pig. It's not
0: Peppa the pig. He's so it's dumb. Too. Anyway, you can get Blu-ray, DVD, ultraviolet because you've got to watch the new Little Rascals in every conceivable way you possibly can. Um, I'll be honest with you, this is just horrible. I couldn't watch more than five minutes, uh, but apparently there is a whole new generation that wants to see a whole new Little Rascals, and uh, some of it is just outright embarrassing. Um, I feel so sorry for Doris Roberts. She, she can't possibly need the money that badly. I just can't imagine. All right, Mark, uh, it is time for, uh, for our listener mail, and then we're going to let you unleash on the... Uh,
1: yeah, the, uh, hang on. I've got my breathing exercises.
0: Well, you do that. So uh, some listener mail first off. We, we, no, Aww. just listener mail, just listener mail. Uh, Jason Vargo longtime listener says uh, Wade thanks very much for mentioning Saving Mr. Banks and the Film Week live show That's our, that was our Oscar edition of Film Week he says I've uh, seen it twice in the theater it hit me hard both times if nothing else Emma Thompson deserved an Oscar nomination but the entire movie got hosed I'm hoping more people get to see the film when it hits home video in a few weeks and it is out now. We haven't gotten our copy yet. I had to yell at somebody over that. But yes, uh, Saving Mr. Banks is, uh, was my favorite film of the year, and I can't wait to talk about it on Blu-ray. And then Chevelle Dixon says, I finally watched The Counselor to see what the fuss was about and hated it. The script makes no sense. Too many monologues, and the acting was disappointing all around. Cameron Diaz and Penelope Cruz are the exceptions in that the um, former was miscast and terrible, and the latter was the best thing about the movie. Ridley Scott needs to pull it together. I hope Exodus does it for him. Uh, you, you, you hated The Counselor, too.
1: I did hate the counselor because yeah. you know what it's one of those things where I'm sure on the I'm sure on the page it read amazing it's Carmack McCarthy yep. his first commissioned script not based on one of his books mm-hmm. I'm sure it was amazing to read I'm sure the actors were just dying yep. to just say those words because yep. they're so brilliant but that doesn't make a movie mm-hmm.
0: uh, Peter Kazoris, rhymes with Thesaurus in Toronto says a quick email on the topic of actors or more specifically, actresses lying about their age, why they do it, what's the gain about claiming to be younger or older. I know for a fact that Lily Sobieski lied about her age so she could get the lead role in the 1999 TV movie Joan of Arc. Um, apparently she would only have been 15 years old at the time of production, so her parents lied so she would you – know, think she was 16 as a legal requirement to have a child star in the lead. Um, That's not true. Uh, it, it, actually, I think that is true. Actually. Is that true? Yeah. I came uh, by this anecdote in the late 1990s by a high school teacher who happened to tutor Lily, and she outright told our twelfth uh, grade 12 religion class about Lily's industry fib, in addition to how bratty Lily was and how frequently she was in the presence of Lily's shouting outbursts with her parents and brother. Um, th- why do actresses lie about their age? You know, uh, simply because here, – here's the uh, number one reason is because the industry isn't – even now is it's easier for, you know, with Sandra Bullock and actresses in their 40s are doing better and, and they're more bankable again. The truth is if you, – unless you're a superstar, you're looking for somebody who – if a script says, you know, the character is 32, you're not going to be looking for somebody who's older. You, you want somebody who's 32. Even if you're – let's say you're 40 but you look 32 – they they're not even going to consider you no matter how good you are. So you lie about your age because it gets you more chances to play better parts. That's it's just the the way it works, you know? It's a it's a it's an ugly facet of the business.
1: Well, that's why you you know, you see all these actresses who get plastic surgery. Yeah. You're like, god, why do they do that? But you got to understand these people, especially the actresses, they understand that when they are out and getting their picture taken, everybody is judging them. That is totally true. Everybody is judging them on every wrinkle and going on comment boards and message boards and blogs and websites and saying how ugly they look or how old they look. And imagine if you had that pressure. I know. know, Every time you step out the door, there literally are thousands of people, hundreds of thousands of people waiting to pounce on how ugly you are on message boards all around the internet. And you've got to... You feel like you can do something about that if you go get plastic surgery. Now, of course, most are misguided, and you should just be beautiful or, be, or, get, or get, just get very simple, subtle plastic surgery. Don't go all Goldie Hawn on us. Yep. But that's why they do it.
0: Ben Thompson says, Just got the Region A keynote release of Nosferatu, which had a great documentary with it. Unfortunately, it doesn't come with the two commentaries that the Region B release has. Do you know of any services or databases that have official movie commentaries like that to download since I can't import the other version of the Blu-ray? And I don't know, but I'm going to ask our, uh, our listeners, you know, post that. for This is from, uh, from Ben Thompson. Post it on the, on the Facebook page if you know of any, um, by all means. I, I, you know, I, I know there are services out there that, that enable people to kind of, you know, crowdsource that kind of stuff. But otherwise, I, I, don't, I don't really know. And uh, let's see. We'll just do a couple more here. Um, no, 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 no. Uh, hold on. No, let's let's do this one here. This is uh from Roberto Rodriguez. This is, I have a question regarding the Best Picture category at the Academy Awards. Do animated movies get turned away because of the animation category? Uh, great movies like Wall-E and Up and Toy Story Three and now Frozen have all done well at the box office, but seem to get a, uh, but seem to just get a nod at best. I know science fiction and fantasy are large no's for Best Picture, but uh, could one day an animated film uh, win like uh, 1992's Beauty and the Beast, which, of course, was nominated for Best Picture but did not win? Um, I'll tell you, Mark may disagree. I, I think having the animation category makes people think twice about nominating an animated film in Best Picture. I agree. Yeah. So I, I, think, I, I think people look and they go, wow, that's a really good film. But, well, they have a special category for animation. So we'll just – and they, they just relegate it there. They just assume that that's for, for animation. And if well, because
1: they- well, normally you would think that without – with the animation category that those films are sort of ghettoized in a lesser best film category. Correct, yeah. But then again, how many animated films would be nominated without an animated film category? How many animated films would be nominated for best picture without that category? Very few. Very Once few. Once every ten years. Maybe some Pixar thing or Be- Frozen Be- look, might have been nominated this year because it I, did so well. No,
0: I don't think it would have been. I, I think Beauty and the Beast was, was that rare anomaly. I think Beauty and the Beast was a rare phenomenon in, in so many ways. And I it just – I don't see – That's a beautiful film. It's an amazing film. It's an incredible film on, on so many levels. And the songs are just – every. there's not a bad song in that movie. I mean every single one of them is extraordinary. And – you know, there it is. So, but that's that's part of the brilliance of Howard Ashman, who isn't with us anymore. You know, so it's too bad. Anyway, all right, Mark, Voxbox time.
1: <gasps> Can I do the song?
0: Do the song. <laughs> you, you're, you're, the microphone is eight feet.
2: Gentlemen, Mario Mendez here. Happy New Year to you both. Uh, my question today is about fear. Uh, do movies actually scare us? Maybe it's it's a young person's game, but I find that uh, you know, I could watch a movie now uh, that's supposed to be scary and it absolutely leaves me cold. And so my question is is it is it a matter of getting older and not uh, being scared of movies anymore? Are there any movies that scare you, current ones or within the past five years or so? Because I'm sure there's probably movies in the past that probably still scare you. Or in the advent of things like uh, Columbine and Newtown, you know we've experienced much scarier things in real life than what movies can offer. Although I mean I'll be honest. Uh, Gaspar no way. You know, I don't know what the hell's going on with that guy. It's unsettling more than it is scary or the creme master cycle. I don't even know what that is. Anyway, uh, the bottom line is, can movies genuinely scare or are we using the words fear and scare to substitute for what they really are, which is maybe thrilling and suspenseful? And then as a sidebar, uh, Wade, you being the Francophile, um, how do you spell the word zhuzh? And uh, can you give me a definition for it? And and Mark, um, I've noticed that when you describe women that you find attractive, you're giving them culinary terms. So uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt is delicious, and Mila Kunis is yummy. And while true, is it all about food, Mark? Does it always have to be about food? You've become a digi chef. Take care.
0: Thank you, Mario. That's Mario Mendez, whose brother Mike Mendez, of course, did uh, the, the, the the Spider movie. That's right. Yep, yep. Which we uh, talked big, up b- big time a couple big weeks ass ago. spider, big ass spider. Gotta love it. Um, yeah, the uh, Mark. What is it with you and food and women?
1: Huh? I yeah. love food. <laughs> what can I tell you? Okay. I would eat twenty-four hours a day if I could.
0: Okay, that answers that question. So, all right.
1: And I, I guess you could say some people would compare women to works of art. Yes. Oh, you're a beautiful painting. You're a Renaissance. Or, or the flowers. Or flowers. Me, food. So shall I? You're com-
0: sweet. You're sweet. Shall I compare thee to a to a? She's Danish. <laughs> Uh, That's or something beautiful. yeah That's so beautiful all right uh well that answers that question uh the, the <laughs> now the french <laughs> that word that question's in nobody's satisfaction the, 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 the french word mario uh, uh juge uh, are you talking about judge like j u g e uh email us at com. let me know if 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 we're uh, what word we're in the uh, we're 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 uh dealing with i'm not sure that i understood that correctly um as for uh, the subject of fear you know, it's a really interesting question, and I—I
1: I, I don't think real-life fear, uh, to me, doesn't doesn't impede my ability to be scared in a, in a movie.
0: But I will say this: I think he's—I do think he's onto something because the last time I was genuinely scared in a movie, and there are some movies like you know, like Oculus, which is coming up pretty soon. Which is it is, good? It's—it's—it yeah, it—it's—it's—it's it's, it's fine. Um, or like uh, just last year, the uh, oh, why am I forgetting the title of it? Star with, Wars? No, no, with uh, with, uh, with Star Wars? The, no, 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 no. With the with the couple and they look the
1: paranormal activity.
0: No, they they're, Star they're, Wars. They're they're the, they're, the, they're the ghost hunters, and then there's the house and uh, I don't
1: know. I don't watch that crap. <sighs> I really don't. No, don't stop the recording. No, don't stop. stop the recording. I'm not going to
0: stop recording. Anyway, <laughs> um, that, that has some scary stuff. But but the thing is, I think most, most movies that scare us right now are scaring us because they're trafficking in things that we've seen before in movies. The things that used to scare me, I don't see so much in movies anymore. And I think a lot of that has to do with just getting jaded and overly sophisticated. And, and I think people are now way too attuned to all of the tricks that the movies use to scare us. I think we're just, too, we're just too hip to it because there, there, the movies give you two emotional reactions. There are either either there, is, there, is a, there are visceral reactions or there are more genuine emotional reactions. And visceral reactions, you don't actually have to get me to care. You just have to freak me out. And, you can, and that can be suspense. That can be exhilaration. It can be fear. It, those are the primal emotions. The higher emotions where you have to get someone to actually care – That's where the acting kicks in. And you can't just do that with, you know, shock edits and loud boom noises and all of the things that sort of scare us in a primal sense where it's survival, you know. We have survival instincts. And fear plays on our survival instincts. It's a lower frame of emotion. Um, The higher emotions will always be exploited by drama. I mean because it just requires a greater degree of skill. But fear… Once we realize, oh, loud noises make people jump, then you're looking for the loud noises in a movie or you're looking for the shot cuts. And I think everyone is so sophisticated now and they're so hip to it and we've all seen so many of these movies over and over and over. And I think we just got inundated with Friday the 13th and and Halloween and and Nightmare on Elm Street and, you know, horror films became such a staple throughout the, the 80s and 90s. That it's just we're jaded now, and I, I, you know, until somebody comes up with something like you know the J horror films for that moment, you know, The Ring and and uh, The Grudge and, and those things. Well, it's
1: a, it's you know what it is? it's the building of suspense. Yeah, you don't get that a lot nowadays.
0: You really don't. It's true. So I, I don't know. I think, I think he's onto something. I, I mean, it, it remains to be seen whether or not that pans out, but there it is. So thank you, Mario. Really good question. Um, uh, Mark, let's, uh, let's dive into some, uh, speaking of, of uh, fear, let's ha- talk about uh, some silly things. Like Slumber Party Massacre, uh, which is now on Blu-ray. Courtesy of uh, the Scream Factory line of Shout Factory, and uh, this is uh, this is honest to goodness really great 1980s trash. This is from 1982, and it's about a slumber party massacre. I'm sorry, that's all it, it really is. Is a psycho guy with a power drill who uh, just makes the slumber party uh, a very unfortunate event. It's silly, it's stupid, it's uh, not very scary, but it is it's a it's a it's a shockingly good transfer, better than the movie really requires. And uh, one of the last great kind of silly gore films uh, of the 80s before things took a a real serious turn. So that is out, and it has tons of special features and audio commentary with the director, uh, Amy Holden-Jones, and a couple of the actors. And uh, it's kind of a lot of fun if if you like that sort of thing. Um, and then, uh, Iron Sky, which we've talked about before, has, is out in a, uh, steel box director's cut, and Iron Sky is a ridiculous movie. Mark, uh, talked about how ridiculous it was, uh, but the, uh, it has a fan following for some crazy reason, and you get a 90-minute documentary on this thing, a 32-page concept art book, and, uh... You know, this is one of those just really, really bizarre movies that just keeps on trucking and keeps on uh, with a following, even though it never had a theatrical release. Iron Sky in a director's cut, Blu-ray, DVD combo set. I'll tell you, it is a very, very strange phenomenon, this movie.
1: You know, Wade, you never know what movie's going to become a cult film. I, I, I always get annoyed when films want to yes. become a cult film. yes. You, you can't really kind of wish your way, wish into your way into to I a know. cold film stardom. However, when it comes to a cold film, yes. let me tell you something, Wade. Mm. There's a movie, Wade. Yeah. It's called Horror at Thirty Seven Thousand Feet. <laughs> it's from 1973, <laughs> I know and this, this stars and get ready for this <laughs> it's, cast. It's, it's
0: it it it. You know why I remember this movie? I remember it because I thought, are they just trying to riff off of the the Twilight Zone episode with, with no, Shep- no 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 Don't say okay, who's nev- right, okay. okay. in it.
1: All right, tell you something. Go ahead. Now, we shouldn't really make fun because there's the okay. uh, the Malaysian uh, uh, flight is still out there or not out there it's, somewhere you know as what, we record this. But yeah. let's just say that uh, this star is uh, uh, Buddy Epson as a millionaire. Mm-hmm. This is uh, uh, Chuck Connors plays the uh, pilot. Yep. And as the uh, drunken cynical <laughs> priest, William
0: Shatner.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All oh. on a flight from London to L.A.
0: That's so fantastic.
1: Shatner, Epson, Connors together. The Shat. He is the man. By the way, uh, another Star Trek uh, uh, connection here. Paul Winfield's in this. Oh,
0: yeah. Star Trek 2.
1: Yeah, very good. It's lovely. Wade, uh, there's a box set of Nicholas Sparks films. Now, um, this is the one to get. uh, If they were smart, they would have come out with this on Valentine's Day. They did. They just got it to us. Oh, then forget (laughs) it. (laughs) kidding me? Nicholas Sparks is, of course, the king of the uh, drippy romance and uh, uh, seven of his films, including The Notebook, of course. Nobody, nobody would buy this if it didn't include the notebook. Mm-hmm. We have Safe Haven, The Lucky One, yeah. Dear John, Nights in Rodanthe, The Notebook, A Walk to Remember, and Message in a Bottle. Yeah. Of all of these, I would watch. Actually, of all of these, I'd probably just read the back of the box for two hours. <laughs> That's what I would do. <laughs> Woo-hoo! Yeah. People love the Notebook.
0: A um, bunch of things I'm going to blow through here real quickly. A couple from the Warner Archive Collection: uh, James Cagney and the Oklahoma Kid, uh, also with Humphrey Bogart. Uh, you, you know, it, it, one of those one of those westerns that just it, it, it's all shot on the back lot, and it's not a very good western by any means. But uh you know what it's 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 just a it, it's kind of got a weird nostalgic workmanlike studio quality to it. You watch it and you're like, "My gosh, they just cranked these things out back then, didn't they?" Yeah, they did. They really did. Uh it's not that good. Everybody's kind of going through the motions and phoning it in, but uh, you know, it's it's classic old studio stuff. The 1936 Showboat uh, is uh, out on uh, on DVD as well from Warner Archive. And uh, this was, uh, you know, Jerome Kern's music and uh, the lyrics by Oscar Hammerstein II, directed by James Whale, of all people. The James Whale who, of course, did, you know, Frankenstein Frank, Brian, and Bride Frank- of Frankenstein yeah. and many other great movies. Uh, unusual pairing of a, of a director and material, to, to be sure. But he does a great job. And um, it's, you know, this is, this is perfectly adequate material. Uh, it's a lot of fun to watch, and I have actually seen Showboat performed live. I saw a version with uh, Ned Beatty, believe it or not, that was what? performed at the uh, Schubert Theater before they tore it down and replaced it with the uh, CAA Death Star, which was just a horrible thing. I'm still bitter about that. But it is, you know, it's one of the all-time great American musicals, and in, even in an, you know not, this 1936 production, it still works, man. It's still, it's it's an old movie. And it dates a little bit, but it's still a lot of fun to work. The mu- to, to watch the music is great. Uh, the performances are fantastic. Helen Morgan as Julie is just uh, incomparable. And uh, I'll tell you, you have not heard Old Man River sung the Old way man. Paul Paul Robeson man kills it in this movie. He kills it. It's just unbelievable. Unbelievable. Paul Robeson is just no one like him. Uh, Mark, do you, you remember Boiler Room? Yeah, I liked it. You realize that that's basically based on a lot of the same material as uh, the Wolf of Wall Street, right?
1: I liked Wolf of Wall Street better.
0: Okay. <laughs> I'm not sure that I would agree with that, but anyway, uh, n- fully aware of that now, uh, they have re-released Boiler Room on uh, on Blu-ray for the first time. It's been on DVD forever, but the uh, Boiler Room is out on uh, on Blu-ray. Do so you
1: like Boiler Room better than Wolf of Wall Street?
0: I'm not sure I like either of them. Um, uh, Giovanni Rabisi is about the only thing that I like in this I think he's, he's right. very very good Vin Diesel like is just he's too young and it's kind of weird uh, but um, you know the, the, the Ben Younger has he done anything as a filmmaker since no. his movie this was it right this was yeah. his shot he took his shot and he's, he's yep
1: man he's no uh, JC Chandor was the guy who did a film similar right with Margin yeah. Call and he winds up doing a great second film and now I'll this guy's going to have a career
0: gosh man this, this town is so cruel it is just, it's just, it'll eat you alive, man. Anyway, there's a uh, commentary by Ben Younger on this thing, which is really good. The guy, I mean, look, even though I don't particularly care for the film, he, he should get another shot. I mean, it's well done. It just didn't, didn't quite work for me, but doesn't mean it's not a well-made film. Anyway, uh, so there it is, Boiler Room, Vin Diesel, Giovanni Ribisi, also starring uh, Neil Long and Nikki Cat. What happened to him? William Cat from Greatest American Hero? No, Nikki Cat. Remember in, in uh, Full Frontal, he did that weird little uh, little Hitler deal.
1: I have not seen that film in so long.
0: Well, he was. How would you even remember
1: that? That was like a, some Soderbergh movie from nineteen ninety seven <laughs> or something.
0: Yeah, well, whatever it is. Uh, Gotham City serials. These are the uh, Batman and Batman Robin serials from nineteen forty three and 1949, 15 chapters apiece. Um, if you if you have never seen these serials, they're terrible. They just they're like like they're just really bad. But it's, it's the oldest Batman stuff uh, in existence, and uh, this is a two-disc set that uh, has all these cheesy old uh, Columbia serials, and it's from Mill Creek. And it, you, if you're Batman completist, you'll love it, but it's just it's really che- cheesy stuff. Um, and then uh, before I let Mark wrap out on the uh, old stuff here, I've got uh, the Puppetoon movie, which is wonderful. If you're a fan of George Powell, You will just absolutely love this. George Powell did a bunch of stop-motion animated shorts in the 30s and 40s, which were called puppatoons, and uh, they are amazing. And uh, this has got all of them. Including a lot of stuff that's uh, never been released before. This is on Blu-ray and it is just absolutely delightful. Uh, fans of George Powell, fans of Puppetoons, fans of animation of all kinds will go absolutely berserk for this. Um, wonderful. A lot of uh, interview footage with people, uh, you know, paying homage like uh, Gene Roddenberry and Ray Harryhausen and Roy Disney and Ray Bradbury. It's really really great. And then um, you get a lot of the stuff on here is standard definition and, and a lot of it is high definition, so it, it varies, but. Uh, it it all looks good it's all absolutely superb and you even get the um, wonderful uh, documentary film the fantasy film worlds of George Powell on here which is in standard definition and an audio commentary by Arnold Libovit and Jerry Beck who uh, basically put this together so it is just uh, this is just an absolute treasure wonderful treasure and uh, you know can't you just can't beat this. If you've never seen a puppatoon, you totally don't know what you're missing. It is wonderful stuff, and it's amazing how it hasn't gotten more traction uh, over the years than than it has. So, fantastic stuff.
1: Uh, Mysterious Skin is with um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt.
0: Yeah, a young Joseph Gordon-Levitt.
1: Well, this is uh, 2004. It's from Greg Araki. There's another
0: guy who's also kind of vanished.
1: I know. Well, he yeah. did Doom Generation and... Uh, totally effed he's just, up he's, and, just, he's just too rebellious he's too, you know? he's
0: too like know. He's, he's too like screw you man I'm the rebel and that that doesn't play on. If, at a certain point you gotta kind of play ball with the system
1: uh, and he did not yeah and uh, and he's becoming uh, Kevin Smith
0: isn't Elizabeth Shue in this thing too
1: indeed she is yeah. and you know this is a good movie I like this movie this is an interesting little coming out for uh, for Gordon Lavin because you know, now he's like the hottest guy now I know, you know he's in, really interesting choices and interesting actor you know Um, this thing is pretty harrowing and it's thoughtful and it's uh, a little bit troubling and it's terrific. Joseph Gordon-Levitt's great in it. Um, it's about these Kansas youngsters who they all play on the same little league baseball team. And then 10 years later, you know, the two of the main kids, you know, they couldn't be more different. One is, you know, very charismatic. And the other one is kind of like this introvert. And, uh, yeah, it's really good. Really interesting stuff. It's, um, pretty heartbreaking. It's, uh, um, I, I think is that if, if, if Iraqi would have given us more films like this That you feel there's a lot of emotional truth there I really feel he could have like Kind of grown up to do real Adult dramas that would actually Really kind of touch you Yep. But I just feel like like Wade says He just wants to do his own crazy thing You yeah. know and mm-hmm. uh, So I think Mysterious Skin is about The best we got from uh, Greg Iraqi Because he's done nothing of interest as far as I'm concerned uh, Since So wow. there you go Mysterious Skin
0: check it out Totally cool all right. And then uh, to wrap out the show, uh, let me get some uh, foreign films in here. We got uh, three great foreign foreign language films this week. I'm going to start off by making a, a high recommendation for The Patient Stone by uh, filmmaker Atik Rahimi. Uh, this was released theatrically very, very limited by Sony Pictures Classics. Um, it uh, was a bigger deal at a few festivals, including the Toronto Film Festival. Uh, the... Um, the idea here is uh, it's a very simple story about a woman whose husband is in a coma because he was shot. And the, uh, his role in her life, because he's an older husband, she's a younger wife, and it's not exactly the most happy marriage, is analogized to a story about a patient stone, which is kind of a, 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 a sort of a fairy tale myth uh, parable in, uh, in ancient uh, Persian mythology and uh much of the movie is really just the, the the woman uh speaking kind of in a soliloquy to and about her husband, about their marriage and so forth. And um the reason you want to see this is because the the lead performance by the actress Ghoshifta Farahani who is an extraordinary uh, Iranian actress who lives in Paris now because there's like a fatwa on her because she did some nude photographs and that's like gotten her condemned or something but she also did um, she's done done quite a few things she won uh, Best Actress for another film at the Berlin Film Festival at one point she is amazing. Golshifta Farahani is just an absolutely miraculous actress, one of the best in the world, and uh, she is a revelation in this thing. You've got, to, you've got to see it just for her performance. So that is The Patient Stone by Atik Rahimi. And then uh, wrapping out our, uh, our foreign language coverage this week, uh, a couple of uh, uh, Criterion Collection releases that are um, pretty great. Uh the uh, the first the, the second one is not a foreign language film, but this first one is and that leads us into the second one. Uh the Hidden Fortress, the Akira Kurosawa film that is widely considered one of the great inspirations of uh Star Wars, you know, because it's got the two samurais it's essentially inspired uh R two D two and C three PO and then the Hidden Fortress is like the you know, the, the, the Death Star and there's a whole thing and you know, anyone who watches this you just go it's Star Wars or George Lucas just ripped it off, you jerk. 1958, fantastic film, really great. Uh, Toshirô Mifune uh, is wonderful as always, and, and it's just this is just one of those great Kurosawa films. It's just a great Kurosawa film from the uh, Japanese New Wave period, kind of the early New Wave period, and uh, fantastic restoration here. Uh, wonderful, wonderful Blu-ray soundtrack. Uh, just amazingly sharp soundtrack. Uh, really perfectly mastered. And uh, what you also get is a great Stephen Prince uh, audio commentary, which, ha- you know, he, every time he does something for Criterion, it's fantastic. And then a 2003 documentary on the film uh, that was part of uh, the uh, Toho Masterworks series. And uh, there's even an interview with George Lucas about Kurosawa. As but it. that's
1: okay. You know what? He, Lucas does not hide that fact.
0: I know he does That's all right. If he, if
1: he, look, everybody steals from everybody.
0: I know. I know. It's true. It's just I like to rip on Lucas anytime I can. So anyway, that's <laughs> and, the, and, and his goiter. So that's a dual edition DVD and Blu-ray uh, set for The Hidden Fortress. And then lastly, uh, also from Criterion this week, is Brief History of Time, the Errol Morris uh, documentary, which I have always been a little bit mixed on. If you're a Criterion completist, you're going to want to get this. But, um, you know, there's, there was recently that documentary, Hawking, all about Stephen Hawking I think this is the better one about Stephen Hawking and his his, his theories although I, I watched this again and I'm like I don't know I mean it's 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 cool and mind blowing and all and, and I love the whole I love all the biographical stuff, the story of Hawking's life and, and all that but at a certain point I just, all this kind of slow motion weird time travel stuff I just felt like Morris was just kind of you know playing with the camera a little too much. Have
1: you been watching Cosmos?
0: The new cosmos, you know I'm such a fan of the original cosmos I, I, I'm finding it very hard to sort of let go of the of the Carl Saganness.
1: Well, I watched a little bit of it yeah, and it's good.
0: no, I know it's good I, I'm, I'm sure it is I mean, that, it's serious. What, what's it's his face? The guy who's hosting it is a, is a fantastic astrophysicist I mean he's you know he, he's wonderful I, I'm sure it's great, but you know I, I saw the original I watched it religiously, and i can't here's the thing I can't imagine jumping onto the ship of the imagination and flying through the cosmos. To anything other than Vangelis. I'm sorry, there it is. That's and it.
1: by the way, you know, the EP is Seth MacFarlane. I know. Can you handle that?
0: No. I just, unless there's Vangelis music taking me through the universe, I'm just going to be really upset. So anyway, a lot of great special features on here, tons, including a new interview with Errol Morris, and uh, just tons of great stuff. Um... So, I mean, you know, a uh, brief history of time. If you if you're a fan, definitely get it also blue uh, dual format edition Blu-ray and DVD. There it is. Okay. Right, That's it hit us uh godsdigigods.com with your emails and uh, your vox boxes we need more vox boxes come on send them in it's yep that's it that's Fox it box. and uh, for the contest send us an email to uh, with angels in the subject line and um, your address by all means put your address in the sub, in the in the body of the email and uh, get it to us by the 22nd and we will pick a winner, and uh, three very lucky people will be uh, fortunate enough to get, a, get that free DVD. So we will be back next week.
2: See you.